0: Hey gamers, this is Joe. From what I'm playing now, I have episode 55 of the podcast that was originally recorded on January 5th, 2015. It is a new year. I jumped into what I played for the week. and some of the games I played, Small World, the digital version, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, Skull and Shackles, a couple of scenarios from the organized play. I played some more of the crew. I jumped into Seven Days to Die and played a bunch of Dice Masters. I also talked about a couple of the games I want to play now, like Pathfinder Online, as well as the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, the digital version. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and this is episode 55 of the podcast. You can send me emails, let me know what you're playing now, Send those to i am now at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at whatimplayingnow, am where I will be tweeting out pictures of some of the games I'm playing during the week. We also have a Facebook page where I'm posting some of those pictures. If you just do a search on Facebook for what I'm playing now, you should be able to find us. Also, have a Google Plus page, plus.google.com slash the plus sign, whatimplayingnowpodcast, am and of course, our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash i am Let's jump into what I played for the week in the What I'm Playing Now section of the podcast. One of the first games I played during the week, it was a game that I had actually picked up last week during the Steam sale, and that was Small World, the digital version. I talked about this last week some in playing it, and I played it several more times this past week. And if you have not played Small World, this is definitely a game that I mentioned last week you want to give a shot to. It's basically a tile placement game. It will remind you possibly a little bit about of Risk, but you really don't have kind of the die rolls for combat as you're just taking over territories of the board with different different races. And then each attached to each race is going to be little bit of an adjustment that can be that can happen to each race which makes the game a little more interesting in each game it's different because all the races are shuffled up differently that go along with the extension to the races so i'm really enjoying small world the digital version and i will probably be playing it probably for the weeks to come i'm hoping to get a couple of games in with my wife so we can hook the laptop up to the big screen tv and play a couple of games just by hand, just play a couple local co-op games, and just handing the trackball back and forth. We haven't had a chance to do this yet, but I'm having a lot of fun playing against the computer, trying to learn some different strategies and learn some of the different races and how to play them and the best times to basically put the races under and, and pick a new race within the turn limit that you have for the game. So if you have not seen Small World, check it out. Uh, you can get the digital version on Steam. Steams no longer have everything for sale, so you won't be able to get the sale price, but it's definitely worth worth playing paying full price for. You can also get the board game, which I'm hoping to maybe bring to or hopefully somebody will bring to uh, another of the of the board game nights I go to and I'm um, get a good group of playing again like we had a couple of weeks ago. The next game I played for the week, the Pathfinder Adventure Card game Skull and Shackles, we had our next organized play section For the week, we were able to get through two different scenarios. The first one we played was Ghosts of the Deep, which is Scenario 1A. We had already completed this one. One of the other guys and myself had done this a couple of weeks ago. But we actually had three newer players that weren't there that week, so we went back and replayed this one. So we had five of us playing this scenario, and I will say when you're playing with five people, it does get a little bit harder. Uh, Time management comes into play, and having to burn through the extra locations without having the extra turns that you really need, you really have to use a lot of your allies and blessings properly to be able to locate the henchmen and the and the villain and be able to close out the different locations a lot of our henchmen in in the ghost of the deep scenario were basically just too buried for us between all of the different locations we had to go to so we were not able to finish in time so we did not win this scenario which kind of really bummed us out because we were hoping that everybody that was newer that was new that this yesterday and wasn't there that first week when we had won, would get a decent deck upgrade we did find a lot of cards, though, while playing the game. So everybody was able to take a card and, and pull a different a different card, basically the same type, out of their character deck, since that's what you get to do through organized play. Um, so after that, we kind of just tried to brush that one off, and we said, well, we really didn't want to play that scenario through a second time for the day and a third time for our, a couple of us. So we said, let's jump up to the Lone Shark, which is Scenario 1B, I believe. And let's give that one a shot. And the Lone Shark is extremely difficult I believe we had six locations of it was five or six I can't remember right now because I can't remember what the card actually says I should have pulled it out five or six locations that basically had sharks at them the whole time and then one other location Um, both in both scenarios we started out really strong and I think that's kind of what happened we were using our blessings a lot to beat some of the early monsters and I think since our characters are still a little on the younger side and just don't have their decks developed like we kind of need them right now, I think the first couple scenarios we're going to do with this many people, we're going to run into a few little hurdles, and we're going to have to just try to play them multiple times to be able to get through them successfully. But I have a feeling we're going to be able to do it because we were we were pretty close each time. I think um, when we were playing the Lone Shark, I would say if we would have had maybe two two or three more turns available to us we would have been able to probably find the villain hopefully temporarily close the last location that was open and then defeat the villain um but like i said with each scenario we came extremely close to winning um, but the the newer people that were with us this week did get some really good deck upgrades so we were really stoked about that i myself am playing valendron i'm playing the male elf sorcerer pretty much the best upgrade I got would have been last week when I was able to get the Frost Ray spell within my deck, and I don't believe I upgraded my deck at all yesterday. Um, I'm currently using four spells. I'm using Frostbite, Force Missile, Confusion, and Frost Ray, and between those spells... And my actual special ability, which is basically for any of my combat checks, I can discard a card to use my arcane skill, plus a 1 die 6, and add the attack, electricity, and magic traits. And that counts basically as playing a spell for myself. So, and I sometimes forget about that, but luckily we have a couple of good people that remind me, hey, don't forget you have that skill. Um, Because sometimes I just get so wrapped up in the game and trying to make sure everybody's doing everything right and everything, I pretty much sometimes forget about my own stuff sometimes. So I had a couple people remind me of that, and we were able to discard a couple of cards out of my hand and do attacks that way, which definitely came in handy. I think during... I was the last person to take a turn during the Lone Shark... I was able to get to the location where the villain was, burn through a couple of cards, but I still needed, like I said, I still needed at least three cards to get to him when we looked when we were done. So we were really kind of bummed that we weren't able to to finish him off. We're definitely going to be attempting this again in the next two weeks when we all get together uh, and try to actually complete one if not both of those scenarios i'm not too sure if we're going to try the ghost of the deep again we may do that we may just replay both of those scenarios one more time and try to see if we can defeat them before moving ahead because i definitely think before we get past the lone shark we really want the feat that you are given so all of us will be able to to take a new take an additional feat Uh, we we definitely don't want to pass that one up so that was Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, The Skull and Shackles Organized Play. If you've never played the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, some people refer to it as kind of like a deck-building game, and it's, I guess you can kind of say that. It, it, try, it does try to emulate uh, the tabletop role-playing game in a way that you're basically going to different locations, finding different monsters, and your overall goal is to basically defeat Henchmen and then finally close locations and then find the one true villain that is in one of the locations and then defeat him and make sure he's cornered and not able to go to any other location. So if you're able to do that, you can win the scenario. Like I said, during R2, we weren't, so we will have to attempt them one more time. But we did get some good deck upgrades, so we're definitely not going to walk away defeated yet. So let's jump back to the computer, and on the computer, I played a little bit more of the crew this past week not really too sure. Right now, I think I'm around level 35 in the crew. I don't think I'm very far into the game, but I do seem to be leveling up fairly quickly. It seems like after you finish one or two of the larger quests that um, you can beat, it pretty much gives you almost a level right there. But the problem I'm having with the game right now is I'm getting to a point in the game where I really haven't bought any additional cars, my cars have been upgraded by doing a lot of the different side missions, and a lot of the different side missions I'm kind of just getting a little tired of right now. Having to the 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 best side mission I'd say is probably doing the jumps. I love being able to do the jumps and see how far you can actually jump. Uh, it gives you the kind of Dukes of Hazard feel from watching the old show from back in the day, and it's it's just really fun to do. But some of the other missions where you're having to Go as fast as you can and stay on the road, or stay on the line, and try to finish it in a certain amount of time, or break through the different barriers that kind of show up, which is almost like breaking through glass as you're driving along. A lot of the different side these, these side missions that you pretty much need to do to level up your car, so you can actually complete the quests in the game to actually continue the storyline. The side missions are kind of what I'm getting a little bored of right now. It's there's a variety of them available to you, but I'm just right now. I just feel that I'm doing the same things over and over again, and I'm just kind of bored with them right now. So I'm I'm gonna give that game a break for a couple of days, and then maybe revisit it and see if there's anything I'm kind of missing. I may hit a couple of forums on the game to see if there's. If there's anything I may be missing in the game, I don't really think there is. I think that's pretty much just the whole gist of the game, is to pretty much just go around, do all the side missions, level up your cars, and then play through the main storyline. So, considering I've really been, I've mentioned this in a few podcasts already, I've really been kind of like itching for a good racing game. I'm not really too sure if the crew is really scratching that itch and kind of, kind of satisfying my hunger for what I'm really searching for, so... I'm not going to give up on the crew yet. I am going to continue playing it. It, it. it is a fun racer. There's times I do get frustrated with it when I'm playing it, but then there's other times that a lot of the races, some of, you know, some of the races are kind of fun. So we'll, we'll, we'll revisit that one in a couple of days, but I am going to step away from that one for a little bit and and give it a little bit of a break. So one of the other games that I actually did put quite a bit of time into this past week was Seven Days to Die. And I think I had talked about this last week on the podcast. Seven Days to Die is a game I picked up off of Steam during the Steam sale. And it's basically a horror survival game, I guess you could say. So it's going to be akin to something along the lines of maybe like a Minecraft with zombies built into it. And I I picked it up. I actually picked up the double copy of the game. Because I was hoping that my wife would actually be interested in playing it. And after she saw me playing it, she said that actually looks really good and she does want to give it a shot. So I was, like, big thumbs up right there. I was kind of stoked when she had said that. Uh, But I actually did spend several days over the weekend pretty much playing this all day long. As I really couldn't get away from it. I had started off playing on my PC and was just doing everything on normal levels and wasn't... It was, ha- it was having some a bit of a trouble trying to basically learn the game, learn the crafting to see how you got a lot of the different items and obtain the different things to be able to craft a lot of the items. So I read a couple of different guides that were out on Steam and some of the people had suggested maybe lowering everything down during maybe your first playthrough. So I basically grabbed my wife's laptop the one day, sat on the couch with her laptop in my lap and kind of sat there and lowered the settings down a little bit lowered the spawn rate down a little bit i found a really nice guide that showed some of the different things that you can actually build and some of the early things to build in the game to help you survive as well as find a nice map to the actual initial area rather than do a randomly spawned map so i was able to find a camp i was able to clear all the zombies away from the camp I tried to start building things around the camp to try to stop the zombies from being able to come inside me into one of the larger tents that I had found. I then dug, was able to find a shovel, and dig down into the ground, a.k.a. kind of like Minecraft, and basically kind of start building a little kind of like house under the ground in this tent area, which was kind of like close enough to several of different areas I needed to get to. It was close enough to... The forest area, which is where you can get a lot of the cotton to build a lot of different armors. I was close enough to kind of like a burnt out area where I was able to take my hand axe that I initially built and knocked out a bunch of trees to get some wood. I kind of dug a pit around the front of my tent area where I put a bunch of spikes into. If zombies tried to come into the front of the tent area they would kind of fall down into the moat that I kind of built that was basically filled with spikes and we were I was able to do that. So I, was, I actually started learning The different things to craft. I was able to search different areas. I was able to find a couple of different better weapons. Um, I think one of the other things that happens in the game is you get a drop every couple of days where a plane flies overhead and actually gives you a drop of items. And they're usually very good items. So when you do hear the plane overhead, definitely pay attention to where the boxed parachute is falling. And you will see this. You'll see the plane overhead. Then you'll see it does have like a smoke signal as it's falling down to the ground. And you definitely want to get out to that thing as soon as you can. Because I think in my box i had found a beaker which will let me create a couple of different healing items as well as a couple of other things as well as i think i found a submachine gun which i was very excited about i don't think i had actually used it though i had used my hand pistol a couple of times during the fight but i really don't think i ever pulled out the actual submachine gun because i really wanted to conserve that maybe for several days into the game rather than the first couple of days but starting off with seven days to die if you are feeling a little overwhelmed hit some hit hit the steam forums they do have a guide section there within steam where you can find A lot of tips and tricks that people have been playing this game for a while to maybe help you learn everything because when you are plopped down into this world and there are zombies that basically just start walking towards you, you are naked, you pretty much don't have too much with you and you're trying to figure everything out it can get extremely stressful it really felt kind of like the first couple of playthroughs that i was doing where i was playing everything at normal difficulty before i kind of backed it down just a little bit i really did feel like i was kind of like in the walking dead almost and i've talked about that before my wife and i are huge walking dead fans so it was it it was a it's a completely different feel than Minecraft ever had. And I played Minecraft for quite a while. And while some of the skeletons and some of the creepers and everything within Minecraft were kind of a pain in the butt, when you're starting to have zombies walking towards you and then at night when they start running and just start going complete bat shit crazy, it just gets completely insane. It's extremely tense. So at night you pretty much just want to make sure you're in a house that's hopefully barricaded up properly you're at a high level off the ground or you have dug yourself under the ground and have somehow sealed yourself off to where none of these creatures that are running around can get to you because they will kill you extremely fast but seven days to die i will say it's an early access on steam definitely give it a look right now i'm having a lot of fun with it i haven't had this much fun with probably like a game like this probably since i had started playing minecraft and um i I think the zombies just add something to it that makes it just that much different especially with the multitude and the and the quantity and the and the number of zombies that you have walking around. And the variety. There are a ton of variety of zombies. You could be walking through the grass and all of a sudden hear something and look down and there could be one crawling on the ground that if you're in the deep grass or in a cornfield or something running through, you could easily overlook this thing and be and start getting attacked. So you, you really have to watch out in that game. But it's definitely fun to play. Definitely give it a thumbs up something i want to continue playing and i will be continuing playing here for the next several weeks going to even try to maybe do a stream this weekend of it and we'll even see if we can get my wife to play a little bit during the stream as well so one of the last games i played for the week was dice masters last week and we played this um for organized play and it was down at our my friendly local game store and we made a different house rule. We Usually each week we try to change our house rules for Dice Masters. So this way people aren't bringing the same decks every time with Serena or Gabi or with any, any, you know, any super rare. If somebody finds a super powerful deck and they keep trying to bring it every week. We're trying to change the rules up every week. Um, two weeks ago was a week I had missed. They basically did a round table where everybody sat around. You could only attack to your right, but you had to block to your left i guess that was a a lot of fun and really different for some of the people i like i said i had missed that week uh that was i believe during christmas week and i couldn't make it that week but last week i was able to attend and we went back to playing a team of four or higher so the cost of the character you the characters that you brought had to be a, a four or higher cost which at first I really wasn't a huge fan of, but I kind of found a decent group of characters that I kind of termed my control deck. And it consisted of the Human Torch Johnny Storm, Storm Goddess of the Plains, Psylocke Betsy Braddock, Quicksilver thanks to Isotope E, Captain America Star Spangled Avenger, Professor X Charles Francis Xavier, Cyclops Overlook, and Red Hulk aka Ralk. Now if you were to look at all of the cards that I had just mentioned, they pretty much all have one thing in common. They are pretty much trying to keep all of my opponent's characters or sidekicks off of the off of the board. And it pretty much worked effectively. There was one time where I had a couple of my characters shut down. I think somebody had a Loki that was able to shut down the human torch and then they moved it over to storm but i was able to then pull out professor x and he basically had to then start spending life whenever he wanted to bring a character into play and so it was the group the group of characters worked really good the first four characters i had mentioned the human torch storm psylocke and quicksilver were probably the main four that I would try to bring out, and I would try to bring out one of each character before I would bring out a second one of one of them. Because mainly I did this because I kind of like the variety. I mean, I could have gone with All Human Torch But I really like the variety. In case if somebody did have a Loki and they did shut one of them down, I wanted to be able to make sure that I was able to field other characters besides just putting all my eggs in one basket. And I will say that using that strategy, I was able to pretty much win every game, which I was extremely excited about. And it it, it was just a really fun team. I think the only characters I really didn't get to bring into play, and I can't remember if these were the final two that I had brought or not, Cyclops Overlooking Red, Red Hulk, aka Rolk. I think those were the two additional characters I had brought, but I'm not 100% certain about that in looking through it. I really didn't write it down, and I sometimes take a picture of my characters and then maybe send out a tweet or something out on Twitter or post post to Facebook. I did not this week, but I know that the first six characters I had mentioned were the characters that I was playing with. And I will say that the control did work really good. I normally tried to bring out maybe like Human Torch and Quicksilver pretty early and then follow it up with Storm. And once I was able to get Storm in there and she was able to get the uh, my opponent to start rerolling their characters, they would just kind of start to get very frustrated. And... When I was able to just bring in, like I said, Professor Professor Xavier during the one game, when I had a couple of characters shut down, he pretty much just was able to just change the whole tide of the game. And I had I had never used several of these cards before, Quicksilver I had never used before, I had never used um, Charles Francis Xavier before, and I had actually never used Goddess of the Plains before. I usually use one of the other Storm cards, but since all of my cards had to be 4 cost or higher, it was extremely difficult to pick out characters that i that i needed that kind of fit into what i was trying to accomplish here but i think i accomplished it pretty well it was a pretty fun team to play i'm actually going to maybe post this on one of the different um dice master web dice master sites and say that this is kind of was kind of like a fun team to play it's definitely not something you're going to be able to do in a tournament, especially since there's no 2 or 3 cost characters. It's, it's definitely going to need to be played somewhere where you have a house rule, kind of like what we did, where you're playing with characters of 4 or higher. I could probably make some changes to this deck and add in some 2 or 3 cost characters to do the same type of thing. But um, for our house rules, it worked really well. I'm looking forward to our house rule for tomorrow, which is going to be playing a co- a different cost character for each character. So basically what we're going to need to do is we need to bring a level uh, 2 cost character, 3 cost, 4 cost, 5 cost, 6 cost, 7 cost, and an 8 cost character. So... You have to have basically one of each different cost. We haven't talked about how many dice we're going to be bringing. Because it's going to be... I think we're going to have to limit the dice maybe to two per card. Because I think if somebody brings Serena and just brings four Serena and that's all they pull out. I think it's going to be basically a one-sided game. Especially for a lot of some of the younger kids that sometimes do show up to our games. Who don't have some of those ultra rare cards and kind of can't afford them. It, I don't think it would be fair to them to be able to to let let some of us who do have full collections use all of those cards. So I'm gonna have to talk to some of the different, some of the guys down there and see how we want to how we want to control the dice and what we're gonna do in that aspect. But I'll definitely be talking about that next week uh, once we kind of see how tomorrow goes. We've never tried this before. This is the first time we're gonna try this type of house rule, but we'll see. And plus, I believe. The game store actually has the next set of organized play cards in. I haven't seen him yet. I'm going to take a look at him tomorrow when I get down there. But he did say he does have those in, and those will be available for winning. So I definitely want to put together a good team tomorrow and hopefully come out victorious and win again so I can get the next set of cards that are going to be available to us. All right, so that's what I basically played for the week. A couple of the games I want to play now. I've been keeping my eye on Pathfinder Online. I've talked about this several times. It finally sounds like they've gone into early access. You can get into early access for $100. Supposedly sometime in February, it sounds like you're going to be able to play the game for $50 and then have one month of game time come with that. But it does appear that they are charging game time. So it almost sounds like this is kind of like... A release, even though they're still only in like a couple of in like two years of their development cycle and they're thinking it may be several years a couple more years in development till it's actually fully released uh so i'm not really too sure how that's going to go i've been reading the forums i'm trying to see get a good get a feel for the game to see if it's really something i kind of want to jump into this early on I'm, I'm very interested in it so in february i may be putting out the fifty dollars we're going to have to wait and see I still do want to get my hands on Elite Dangerous, which may be the game I buy here in the middle of January. After I get back into a little bit of Dragon Age and everything, because I haven't touched Dragon Age in several days now, and I'm really missing that. So that's the reason why I haven't even talked about Dragon Age this week, because I've been so involved with a couple other things. And then the other thing that I had found was the Pathfinder Adventure card game. There is a digital version that's being put out by Obsidian. And you can go to Pathfinder.Obsidian.net to actually see this. And it looks like they're basically taking the Rise of the Rune Lords, which was the first actual base set that was released for the Pathfinder Adventure card game, and they're turning it into basically a game you can play on the PC or tablets. And from what I've seen so far, it looks incredible. And I cannot wait to get my hands on that. So that's about it for the week. That's what I have been playing and what I want to play. Don't forget to send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. Send the emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. You can find us on Facebook, What I'm Playing Now. Just do a search for that. Google Plus is plusgoogle.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And of course, our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now, which I know has been quiet for the past couple of weeks, mainly because of the holidays. But this week it looks like We do have some inclement weather coming our way, so I will be probably in the house with lots of snow outside and playing lots of games. So check out for the Twitch channel to be turned back on and I will have new new discounts and new game games available for purchase at a discount um, from the website. So just keep an eye out for that. I will be updating those this week. Thanks for listening everybody. Come back next Monday. And keep playing games. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.